0: Good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six-Pack. I am your host, as always, Tony DeFio, and I thank you for joining me on this cold and frigid Friday night in Pittsburgh. But as I always say, I hope it's nice and warm wherever you happen to be in Steeler Nation, whether it's Pittsburgh. Well, I guess it wouldn't be warm in Pittsburgh, but somewhere in Steeler Nation that's more tropical, like Florida, Hawaii. Oh, that'd be so great. Uh, and before I continue, I, as always, I ask you to please like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Where we bring you live shows each and every day and night, including this show, The Hangover, Steelers Preview, Steelers Post Game Show, The Scobro Show, Touchdown Under, Know Your Enemy, the list goes on and on. And you can check those out also live on Facebook. So if you're watching me on Facebook right now, you know that. So how you doing, Facebook? Be nice tonight. That's all, all I ask out of Facebook. I know it's hard for Facebook to do, but please be nice while you're watching and listening to this show. And you can catch any audio, I'm sorry, any live show on any audio platform after the fact. All you have to do is go to your favorite podcasting platform. Find Behind Still a Curtain, find the show you want to listen to, and download that sucker. And, you're, and you won't regret it. And, of course, uh, you can also find a whole host of audio-exclusive Behind Still a Curtain podcasts on any podcasting platform. We have the live mic. We have Let's Ride. We have the War Room. We have From the Cutting Room Floor. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. So please check those out. And of course, check out Behind the Soul Curtain, the website, we bring you news, commentary, film breakdown, any kind of Steelers news, any kind of of a, like say some kind of improbable playoff game. If you wanted to you know get updated on that and, and get your fix on that, you could check out Behind the Soul Curtain. It's the best Steelers site on the internet. And again, you won't regret it. And let's check out the live chat before I begin talking about something i don't know what i'm gonna be talking about tonight there's really nothing to talk about steelers related but let's see if we can we, we can drum up some uh some interest in the show in the steelers but before i do let's let's see we have steeler chick 46 she was the first one in she gets the gold star steelers pittsburgh jared devil brad jewett ruin it randy that's pretty funny that's about randy victor just me Ivor Meakin—that's a—that's a, it's too long of a name, but it's a good name. George Teston, Michael, uh, something Italian, Clarence Washington, outside Steelers fan—I like that. All right, Snowman, Snowman's even here tonight. I haven't seen Snowman on this show in a long time. He's a really—he's really a legend in in the behind the curtain podcasting uh, family and lore. So it's great to see you all tonight. So let's talk about last Sunday and something I did not think would happen. I'll admit it. I did not think there was any way. And people like just me were telling me, come on, come on, Tony, you got to believe. I'm like, believe in what? But you were right. The Steelers made the playoffs. I don't know how. I don't know what deal with the devil they made. Maybe it was Daredevil. They made a deal with him. I don't know. But they made a deal. And they're in the playoffs. They, Of course, they they beat the Ravens, uh, who were without Lamar Jackson, but who cares? They beat the Ravens. It wasn't pretty. It was very ugly. It came down to overtime, and Chris Boswell won the game with a field goal. But, you know, it's par for the course with the Steelers and the Ravens, even when the Steelers are, 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 are a true juggernaut. But... You know, it's par for the course for the 2021-22 20, Pittsburgh Steelers because that's just who they are. That's their identity. Uh, they have to win ugly. Touchdowns are at a premium. Um, they have to win the turnover battle, and that's pretty much what happened last week. That's how they won. They kept it close, and uh, the defense the defense didn't do great against the run. I mean, the Ravens put up, what, 200 yards, something like that. I didn't get to watch the game. As you may or may not know, I was working all day and pulling out what's left of my hair, but I tried to piece together everything with the articles and the, and, and the highlights and the, the box score. But I know the Ravens had a, a a great day running the ball, but it wasn't good enough to, to score more than 13 points. So in that regard, the defense did its job and the offense. I mean, it didn't really do a great job, but it kept it close and, as he's done several times this year, Big Ben Roethlisberger, the guy who's who's uh, might have played his last game last week for all he knew, he once again uh, pulled off a fourth-quarter comeback, one of a gazillion throughout his career, but certainly one of, I think, what, seven now in 2021? So, uh, you know, it was great that they won that game, which, you know, when I knew Lamar wasn't going to play, I, I kind of expected him to find a way to win, even if he did play. I mean, they, they seem to do really well against him. Almost um, lost time Lamar Jackson really hurt the Steelers. You know, he's he's defeated them, but he's never really truly hurt them. And they've actually had their number against him and the Ravens since he's been in the league. So uh, I expected them to win. What I didn't expect to happen, however, was the uh, the Colts going to Jacksonville and laying one huge egg. Uh, to a a a Jaguars team that is going to be number one again uh, in the draft. I mean, they they had nothing to play for. By all accounts, the, the players had given up. They were like begging to be on the COVID list. The fans were several fans sh- uh, sh- showed up dressed in as clowns. I mean, it was a you know to make fun of the owner, and 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 it was just a, a bad scene. And yet, the Jaguars found a way to win. And win convincingly and uh i don't know what's what the, What that says about the colts and their character and their hearts and i hate to say those things because i mean they might have great character and great heart and it still just got defeated because they had a bad day and but uh, still i mean can you imagine you can say what you want about mike tomlin and about these steelers playing down to the level to the level of their competition but could you picture them uh with a win-and-your-in scenario playing against the worst team in the NFL whether it's here or on the road and losing that game I can't picture it I could picture maybe them losing a win-and-you need help kind of game because you maybe you're distracted you don't truly believe everything's going to fall in your favor but when you're in that situation where you win this game you're in the playoffs I can't imagine a Mike Tomlin team losing that game and I can't remember the last time. When was last time the Steelers were in that situation anyway? They've always uh, needed help at the end to get in in addition to, to, to a victory. So I don't know what that says about the Colts, but it says a lot of things about uh, sports miracles and and uh, something we'll be talking about for, for decades if they go in and have an, uh, a decent enough run in the playoffs, uh, which is not probable at this point, but you never know. More on that later. Um, and when that happened, when, when the, the Colts lost and the Steelers won in overtime, me, you, everybody who's a Steeler fan just assumed they were going to make the playoffs. They were in. My brother called me. said, said, oh, can you believe it? They won. They're in the playoffs. I'm like, I can't talk. I'm at work. Leave me alone. I was so stressed. Believe me, you have no idea how stressed I was during that, that uh, whole uh, thing. But I, you know, at the same time, I was like, "Wow, they actually made the playoffs!" That for a brief period on Sunday, that made me feel somewhat okay. The Steelers made the playoffs. Who were to thunk it? I have something to look forward to all week. And then, literally six, seven, eight hours later, I'm glued to the TV, hoping and praying that the Raiders and Chargers game does not end in a tie. And uh, I'm rooting for score for margins like uh, one point, two points, maybe eleven points. You know, something that can't easily be tied in a football game, because uh, uh, that would have meant that that both of those teams would have made the playoffs, and Pittsburgh would have been out. And when the, when the Raiders were up by 15 points late in the fourth quarter, I thought it was it was a done deal. You know, I went on Twitter and started you know talking smack or whatever I did. And wouldn't you know it, the Chargers scored two touchdowns late, converted a a, a two-point conversion, and uh, tied the game on the last play regulation. And it went into overtime. And not only did the game go into overtime, but it went down to the final minutes of overtime. And a friend of mine, the other day we were talking about it, he's a big Patriots fan, but, you know, we're still friends, believe it or not. But he's from Boston, so you have to, you have to uh, forgive him. But anyway, he was saying, and I didn't really think of this: uh, the Raiders had more to, to play for than the Chargers, as far as whether the game uh, ended in a tie or not. You know, if the Raiders win that game, they make the playoffs, and they're also a higher seed, and they avoid the the uh, the Chiefs, which is what they did. I guess they're playing, who are they playing this week? The Bengals. You know, Bengals are a good young team, but I think you'd rather face the Bengals than the the Chiefs. The Chargers, on the other hand, they were the fifth seed, and they could not improve their seeding. So his theory was that if the Chargers got the ball one last time, they would have knelt on it just to assure themselves a trip to the playoffs. And of course they would have uh, also dragged the Raiders in with them. So that's something I didn't think about because if it were me and I'm either one of those teams, it would have been hard to, to not just play it as safe as, po- as safely as possible and play for a tie. Because I know people like to say uh, you play to win the game. If you're a competitor, you play to win the game. Okay. Yeah. But let's, put the macho stuff aside. Your goal, this is like where you have to be. This is like, you know, pragmatic. Your goal as a, as a coach, as a player, as an organization is to make the playoffs, make the dance. That's your number one goal. And then you take it from there. So if you have if you have that in your grasp and you feel like trying to win the game, could jeopardize that greatly. You do everything in your power to make sure you that game ends in a tie. Like Chuck Noll used to say about taking care of the football. Before you can win the game, you have to tr- you have to not lose it. You know, he was talking about protecting the ball, of turnovers, that kind of thing. And and in this case on Sunday between the Raiders and Chargers, before you can win the game, you have to make sure you don't lose it. And before uh in order to make the playoffs, if, if you're either one of those teams, you have to make sure you don't lose the game. So it, to me, I, again, it would have been t- tempting to uh, just play it safe and, and have kind of a gentleman's agreement, unspoken, not obvious, and just let the game end in the tie. But thank goodness the Raiders had a little bit more to pay, play for, and they won the game on a Daniel Carlson field goal on the final play and for my money it it uh it's payback for what was it 2013 when ryan suck up missed the field goal and the chargers were allowed to make the playoffs i don't know why it should be a payback for the chargers they didn't do anything wrong they were trying to make the playoffs back then uh but certainly it, it, it just goes to show you how how cyclical sports can be. You know, and it's from year to year. One year, you're you're just pulling your hair out because the winning need help scenario doesn't go your team's way. The next year, you're like pulling your hair out in disbelief because you can't believe it went your way. And what happened on Sunday with the uh, the Jaguars, especially beating the Colts, to me, that's up there with everything that happened in 89, with all the teams that needed to lose, in first Pittsburgh simply because uh it was clear cut you know it was it was black or white as far as you're to, if you're the colts when you're in you lose you're you're out so that to me that's why it was more uh remarkable uh this time than than what's happened in any win in your win in need help scenario in recent memory because i can't remember a team like the jaguars putting up that kind of fight when the other team just had a clear path to the playoffs. So as I always say, this is why sports is the greatest reality TV there is because you just never know. You never know from, from play to play, from week to week, you just never know what could happen. And I think regardless of what happens in the playoffs with this team, Sunday is going to be something we're going to remember. For Quite a while and the reason why I say that is because I mean i'm talking about a time when pittsburgh didn't get in eight years ago So of course, we're going to remember this This uh moment where they they I don't think I don't think many people realistically expected them to To get in and and here they are this team This team is in the playoffs this nine seven and one team Uh so many injuries on defense throughout the year. Uh, the offense has just been putrid, and there's no other way to say it, since day one. You know, name one great Steelers offensive performance in 2021. As the cool kids like to say on the internet when you're trying to make a point in, a, in a, a snarky kind of way, I'll wait. Okay, I waited a little bit just because it's a live show but you can't think of any great offensive performances by this team this year. They don't exist. Uh, Like I said, a couple weeks ago, I think the best offensive performance they had all year was when they played in Cleveland and they won 15 to 10. They scored 15 points during what I thought was their best offensive performance of 2021. So uh, for this team to make it in, and we knew, we knew the troubles that, that this team could potentially have going into the year. and, they proved a lot of people right. A lot of people who were down on them and didn't believe in them. You know, the national experts, local people, fans. They proved them right because they they looked like a below average team all year in many respects. They did. And yet, here they are. They're in the playoffs as the final seed. And for my money, this is Mike Tomlin's first, second. Somewhere in there, best co- coaching job of his career. I think the best coaching job occurred in 2010, um, when he took that Steelers team to the Super Bowl. With all the stuff that happened with Ben, his suspension at the beginning of the year, everything that went down with James Harrison, with the uh, the fine gate that year, um, uh, the lot, the offensive line wasn't still wasn't what it would be would, would become. It still had a lot of uh, rebuilding that needed to be done. And yet they made it to the Super Bowl. I thought that was his finest coaching job. I thought two years ago with uh, Ben being out all year and and Mason and, and Duck uh, alternating a quarterback and the offense being pretty bad. I thought that was up there, but that defense was so elite. It made up for so much. That's why I, I have to put that third behind. Uh, This season because (laughs) the defense isn't nearly as good and a lot of it has to do with injuries, but still it it is what it is and the offense is with Ben uh, just absolutely horrible. So I think this is the second finance coaching job. Now that I'm thinking about it out loud behind 2010, so uh, you can say what you want about Mike Tomlin and his game day strategy and, and there's certainly a lot of evidence or a lot of ammo, I should say, that suggests that he's not the greatest game day coach ever. But everybody has their strengths and everybody has their weaknesses. And to me, his greatest strength has always been the ability to keep every one of his football teams together. And we've seen that all throughout his career here. Um, Whether it's a playoff team, a bona fide playoff team that's struggling a little bit, or one that maybe has no business being in the playoffs and is on, on the cusp of, of of collapsing and having like a five or six win season, he's able to keep them together and keep them focused and keep them fighting. And we saw that this year. I mean, after what happened in Kansas City, uh, the day after Christmas, it would have been very easy for them to just say, you know what, what's the point? We're 7-7-1. We might make, we might make the playoffs, but we're going to need to win our last two games we're we're going to need a lot of help. Let's just, let's just play out the string and, and uh, go on vacation. But no, he kept them focused. And of course they had, they had some good things to play for meaning Ben Roethlisberger's final two games, especially his home game at Heinz his final home game in Heinz field on Monday night football in week 17, but still, uh, uh, it's commendable and it speaks a lot uh, to Mike uh, Tomlin's uh, communication skills that he was able to keep them motivated and, and in and, and, and all they could control was what they could control. And they went out and they played uh, their game back and back to back weeks and they won. And at the end it was good enough to, to get them in. And I think with this team, that's all you can ask for as far as, um, the 2021 season. I think anything else that happened from here is a bonus. It's gravy. And I know that a lot of people don't want to hear that. And, you know, because there are a lot of fans out there, including me, who expect the Super Bowl no matter what. But this roster is not a Super Bowl roster. That being said, can they find a way to beat the Chiefs on Sunday? Last I checked, they were a 12 and a half point underdog, which is understandable. And last time I watched these two teams play each other, the Chiefs won 36 to 10, and it really wasn't that close. So, can they find a way to win this week? I mean, it seems unlikely, but yeah, sure they can. It's the NFL, you know? And the uh, difference between. Sunday night and the last time they played each other is, I think, T.J. Watt, which is not saying a lot. That's not going out on, on much of a limb. But T.J. Watt was not himself the last time they played. Well, T.J. Watt is himself again. He just uh, tied the all-time sack record. Some people say he should, he should own it. it, it who can, I mean, obviously, I'd like to see him own it, but that's irrelevant to the point of this, this uh, discussion. And that's, he's at the top of his game for the most part. He's arguably the defensive player of the year. And they're going to need him to wreak havoc on Sunday. They're going to need him to make life as uncomfortable as for Patrick Mahomes as humanly possible, which is a hard thing to do. He's not the best quarterback in the NFL for nothing. uh, But TJ Watt's a pretty special player in in his own right. So hopefully he can be that difference maker. That's why you know he can he can go out there and earn his his eighty million dollars in guaranteed money, and I think if if he can help them <laughs> defeat the Chiefs, then uh, uh, I think he would he would uh, it it'd be worth every penny of that eighty million. Um, so yeah, they're they're gonna have to uh, he's gonna have to show up, he's gonna have to uh, create some takeaways, he's gonna have to. Uh, be as disruptive as he's ever been and help to change the momentum of this game, help to change the, uh, the strategy. And, you know, if he can create some turnovers, if the defense in general can create some turnovers, well, that's how a team like Pittsburgh can stay in this game. And if, and if Pittsburgh can stay in this game through three quarters and make it close, keep it close. Well, then that's where, you know, somebody like Ben Roethlisberger who clearly is not the quarterback he used to be, but he's still good enough and wily enough as a veteran that if you give him the ball with one or two minutes to go in a game and he needs to make a few key throws here and there, he can still do that. He, he proved that last Sunday against Baltimore. He proves that he's proven it several times this year. He's not, Somebody who who can win a race all by himself anymore, but he is somebody that if you carry him to for three fourths of, of the race and then uh, plop him down with a quarter of the race left, he can get you. He can get you home. So that's how they're they're going to have to win this game. Uh, it's, they have to keep it close. They have to keep it ugly. There's no way they can get get involved in a in a shootout. It's just not going to work. They don't have the firepower. And even if they did, you're not going to outscore Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City. So you have to keep it close. You have to keep it ugly. Uh, you have to make it turn it into a dogfight, an alley fight. Seriously. I mean, it has to be as ugly as as possible. And, and if you get the Chiefs playing your game, the ugly, down in the dirt, uh, blood, sweat, and tears, whatever you want to call it, uh, kind of game, but then you, you give yourself a chance. It's like, uh, it's like the Ravens used to do all the time, uh, in the playoffs. Always ugly on offense, but they always found a way to score a, a touchdown on defense or, or, or do something on special teams. And that's how they won so many of their playoff games on the road, especially over the years. Going back to, to the days of, uh, of, uh, uh Brian Billick and, 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 you know, Ray Lewis's heyday and, and, you know, Trent Dilfer as the quarterback. So not the kind, not that kind of, it's not that kind of defense. I'm not saying that. And certainly <laughs> I think we'd love to have that Ravens offense right about now that 2000 Ravens offense, but the point remains that they knew how to win games ugly and they used all three phases of, uh, of their team to do it. And that's what Pittsburgh's going to have to do on Sunday. Uh, Cause you're not going to make up 26 points on offense. Without help And you know And, and the best way to To to, to, um, to do that Would be to assure, make sure that the Chiefs Don't score 36 points again So Those are my thoughts And I really don't have a whole lot left to say I mean I think I covered everything So I think I'll open things up to some questions And comments And this is one from Sheila Chick, and she says, ha-ha, Tony, in the big winter storm, getting 10 inches of snow. I hope not. I hope it's, like, on the low end of that 4 to 10 that I heard. We'll see, though. We have uh, a lot of old con- – uh, okay, here we go. Here's one from Ruin It, Randy, whose name I love. Tony – Who have been your favorite players to watch this season on the Steelers and the NFL as a whole? Well, uh, you're not going to like to hear this, but I've enjoyed the heck out of uh, Dak Prescott this year. Uh, I've liked the fact that he's uh, responded uh, after uh, being hurt last year. And, of course, I like watching Aaron Rodgers a lot. I I, I have to admit it. Uh, You know, I've I've enjoyed Jamar Chase. I think he's been a – a remarkable find for the Bengals at wide receiver. I always enjoy watching Aaron Donald. I just think the guy, I mean, people, you know, a lot of Steeler fans get defensive, uh, you know, about the whole player defensive player of the year thing. And I get it, you know, TJ Watt, uh, you know, probably deserves to win that award at some point. But Aaron Donald, I mean, when you look at that guy play, I mean, he's like 1972 Mean Joe Green. The guy is simply unblockable. And he's so disruptive, and he's an all-time great. And of course, he's a former Pitt player, and he's from here, so that helps. But I just enjoy watching that guy. He's just such a remarkable talent. And sometimes it's 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 good to just remove your die-hard brain and just watch football as a neutral observer. And if you watch Aaron Donald you kind of get what people say when they, when they say he should be the defensive player of the year every year, the guy is just remarkable. And I can't believe he was like a, what a four-star recruit coming out of high school or a three-star recruit. So it just goes to show you those, uh, those uh, score, those um, scouting uh, things aren't always uh, as accurate as, as, as they like to say they are, but you know, I, I just love watching football in general, but those are some of the players I, I love. I, I just love the quarterback position because they they make first of all you know i'm not a huge x and o's, x's and o's guy so it's easier for me to focus on a quarterback but i just love you can just tell when a quarterback has something special and aaron Rodgers is just you know he's 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 a bit of a he's a bit quirky a bit of a problem but the guy is just so good and for him to be playing as well as he has at this age when you're younger than ben it says a lot about him so but those are a handful of the players that I've enjoyed watching. And this one is from Steelers Pittsburgh, talking about the, all the events that had to go down last week for Pittsburgh to make the playoffs. It's uh, Dan Rooney smiling down on the Steelers. Okay. I mean, it was such a miracle. Why not? Why not? I mean, you know, sometimes you need help from above. Maybe it'll get some more of that help this Sunday night. Wouldn't that be something? See, We have J-Mac joining us. Patricia. Nate got trades. Adam James. All right. Mark Malone is here as always every Friday. Josh. Mark Malone. I mean... You don't want to talk about the quarterback that that guided the Steelers to an improbable playoff win, Mark Malone, back in 1984. Steelers and Broncos in the uh, divisional round, at Mile High Stadium. I think, you know, the Broncos they weren't like incredible favorites. They were six, seven points, something like that. And John Elway wasn't John Elway yet. So, you know, you look back on that and you go, oh, I can't believe they beat John Elway. But John Elway wasn't the uh, phenom and the the fourth quarter uh, menace, he would be for the uh, majority of his career quite yet. He was still a struggling young quarterback and the Broncos were, were a a team that was getting by on the running game and defense, Dan Reeves, the late Dan Reeves, he just passed away. He was a conservative coach as far as uh, taking the reins off of Elway. So it was still, it was a big comeback, a big upset, but it wasn't, you know, what this week would possibly be if they would find a way to beat the uh, chiefs. So, but Mark Malone did uh, guide the Steelers to one of them, their biggest playoff upsets in franchise history. So I'm glad he's here tonight because that's a, perhaps a good omen. Steeler trick 46 asks, and this is uh, related to the news on Friday that Juju Smith Schuster practiced on Thursday. And I assume he practiced on Friday. I, I couldn't really pay attention throughout the day, but, I was I was as shocked as anybody when I heard that he he was practicing because I thought he was done for the year I thought he was completely done it was a, it was a season ending injury and that he wouldn't be back again until next season probably with an with another team but the fact that he's practicing um, I mean I can't see why he'd be practicing if he wasn't going to play uh, what's the point at this point uh, you know So hopefully he does because I think he would be obviously a a huge upgrade of what they've been doing in the slot for one thing. So even though Ray Ray got handed to Ray Ray, I mean, Ray Ray McLeod, he's really coming into his own as a receiver. You have to give him credit. And a lot of people don't like Ray Ray as far as his, his uh, receiving ability. And I've been one of his critics, but the guys really come along uh, in recent weeks. But in all honesty, I would love to have Juju ready for that game. And wouldn't it be something if he came back and made a remarkable play to help them win? I mean, he could run for mayor at that point. Those fumbles that people always like to talk about, uh, they'd be a distant memory. All right. See what else we got here. See if we have some newer comments. I'm a little bit backed up in a comment department, and this is from Ron Chess who joins us, and he says, "Tony, thank you for that. I remember Chuck Noel saying that. Yeah, it's 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 it, 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 it's something to remember, something to keep to keep in your head. Any given Sunday, says just me. <laughs> this is." And this is, this is something that I think is, uh, when, I, when I talk about intangibles with quarterbacks, this is something uh, from Steelers Pittsburgh talking about Carson Wentz, the Colts quarterback formerly of the Eagles. Carson, in, in quotation marks, Wentz blew it big time. And that's what I mean. Some guys have that swagger. Some guys don't. Big Ben has always had the swagger. Uh, obviously Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, you name it. But guys like Carson Wentz, Wentz, you have to question his leadership ability. Uh, Tony Romo, who I really enjoy as a commentator, uh, you always got the impression that he just did not have it when the game was on the line. Put up a lot of great numbers, but when it came down to it, he didn't seem to have that, that killer instinct. Although, I mean, if that Des Bryant played doesn't get reversed in that divisional round game against the Packers many years ago, that BS hashtag uh, Des caught it moment. Who knows? Maybe that changes how we think about Tony Romo if they go on to win that game. But, you know, there are certain quarterbacks that, that don't seem to have that ability to, to rise to the occasion uh, when everything's on the line. Joe Montana was great. Obviously uh, uh, um, John Elway, I mentioned earlier, Uh, there's some quarterbacks, Johnny Unitas many years ago, you did did not want the ball in their hand when the game was on the line. If you were the opposing team or the opposing fan base. And uh, Carson Wentz is not one of those quarterbacks. He does not strike fear in you. And maybe that went a long way towards the uh, Colts laying a huge egg against the Jaguars on Sunday. Lisa Reed asks, what happened the last time the Steelers were the seventh seed? Nothing, because this is the first time. Uh, Last year was the first time there was a seventh seed in the playoffs. But the last time the Steelers were the the, uh, final seed, the sixth seed, uh, 2015, excuse me, they made a nice run. Uh, They beat the Bengals at crazy wildcard game. And then they almost beat the uh, the Broncos in a divisional round. And of course, uh, 10 years prior to that, we all know what they did as a number six seed in 05. Of course, that was a, I mean, that was not, theoretically, it was it was the last seed, but they were so hot going into the playoffs. And this was a, a team that was 15-1 just a year before. And they were 7-2 at a certain point in 05, and they just had a little three-game losing streak because of injuries and and whatever. And they kind of uh, had to fight and claw to get back in the, playoff race but they were a much better team than the final seed in the afc whereas the steelers are a legit seventh seed and if i had to compare them to any uh playoff team in, in recent team history i say recent but uh going back many years you're probably be that 89 team i think this is a team similar to that in terms of an ability to do anything on offense defense is pretty good but not elite they probably don't have any business trying to uh even be on the same field as the Chiefs, but we also fought that when they took on the Oilers back in, in 1989 and they won that game. So and that they were the last seed in the AFC that year too. They were the, the fifth and final seed back then. There were only five seeds in each conference. So nothing happened the last time the Steelers were the seventh seed. Hopefully next time they are the seventh seed, we can reference that time they beat the Chiefs Back in 2022. Ryan Chess says big Ben showed guts, heart and played great against the the Ravens. Yeah. That's the the thing about a veteran quarterback like him. He can't be great the entire game. He needs help, but if you put him in position at the end, he still has the ability to make some key throws and, uh, and, and help, uh, bring a team back so that's what they have to do they have to find a way again to keep things ugly and keep things close until the end that's the only way a team like pittsburgh can hang in there with the chiefs and and who would have thought that that i would say anything like that five years ago when you had uh ben in his prime and ab in his prime and Leb in his prime and that line martavis you name it but you know the the nfl is cyclical and you know one year you're a a an offensive juggernaut 4 or 5 years later you you're a you're an offensive juggernaut. If that made any sense but you know what i mean Christopher 11 says NFL has created a new found life Steelers will surprise the Chiefs on sunday night football well I, sur- I sure hope you're right wouldn't that be something wouldn't that be i mean this week's been nice talking about this game but i think there's that 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 uh underlying uh thought that oh, there's no way they have a chance but if they win this game my gosh the hype will go from barely audible to 11 christopher 11 11 decibels just like in uh, what's the name of that movie, uh, uh, Spinal Tap. Sheila Chick forty six asks, "Is Collinsworth announcing? Dislike him? Well, I'm sorry, Sheila Chick, but he probably is. He's the uh, he's NBC's actually only color analyst, right? They only have one broadcast team for NFL games: Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth. And I think Chris Collinsworth is, is good at what he does as a, as a color analyst. So I don't have any problem with him. You know, if you if you listen to fans of every team. They always complain about the national uh, announcement, especially the the, the color comment. The guys uh, having the opinions, making the opinions during the game. They always think the other team, or they always think they want the other team to win. They're starting to say that about Tony Romo now. And I don't think you get that from Chris. I think if Chris Collinsworth was a former, I don't know, Cardinal or Saint or something, nobody would be thinking that, but because he played for the Bengals, People automatically assume that he hates the Steelers. Maybe deep down he does. I don't know. But I think he does a great job. And I I find it very entertaining and very informative. So, I don't know. Let's see what else we have here. Outside Steeler fan says, I like Dak even with that star on his helmet. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big Dak Prescott fan. Um, and I've always admired the Cowboys, kind of. So I like to see them do well. I think the NFL uh, is better off when the Cowboys are are playing well because, first of all, they're so popular for good and bad reasons. Obviously, they have a huge fan base, but they also have a lot of people that hate them. And if you think Patriots hate Nationwide, is is high it's nothing uh for a, a good cowboys team so that's always good it's like it's good that that when a marquee team like that is is playing well because half the country wants to see them win and the other half wants to see them lose there's no in between you either love the cowboys or you hate them there's no eh i'm okay with the cowboys there's nothing you don't have that kind of opinion about that team you might have that about the falcons or the or the Cardinals or somebody like that, but not the Cowboys. It's either one or the other. So that's why I think it's good when the Cowboys are good. So let's see if they can go on a run because another thing that I find fascinating about quarterbacks is their legacies. And we all know, and I mentioned Tony Romo earlier, uh, Carson Wentz, another one, a a quarterback is never really truly considered. I mean, there are obviously guys like Dan Marino or they, they rise above uh, championships are so good, but, most quarterbacks you know until they win the big one people always kind of look at them with a uh, you know this guy just didn't he, he didn't he was good but he didn't have that clutch gene he didn't have that that uh winner's mentality that went uh, the ability to to win at all costs the ability to come through with everything on the line so uh when a when a quarterback finally does do that and, and wins a championship or gets to one or whatever it elevates his uh his legacy and i think if dak prescott can win a super bowl or get to one that would do a lot for uh his perception among the uh football fans around the country so yeah i'd like to see uh see how that goes all right of course another thing that um to keep an eye on and and, uh, Brad Jewett points this out talking about Najee uh, Harris, the rookie running back and his elbow injury that he suffered during the Ravens game. Uh, As far as uh, according to Brad, Najee will play. He was a full participant of practice today on Friday. Yeah. I mean, you know, the fact that he came back in that game uh, after leaving in the first quarter, I think that that gave me uh, confidence that he would, be ready for the playoff game. Uh, and the fact that he, he practiced on Friday, I, I think that clinched it. I, I can't see any reason why he wouldn't play now. And I think they need him to play. They need, I think he's becoming, <coughs> excuse me, their more, most indispensable offensive player. So they, they need him. it's clear that the offense is being built around him now. So hopefully Najee can, uh, I think, I think I'll start, but hopefully he can stay healthy throughout the whole game and, and, um, and be a pivotal or a critical part of Sunday night's game. And Michael, you got, you got to talk about the towel. Michael Shastine says the towel works, the terrible towel works in the playoffs. That's when it was created back in 1975 by the late great Myron Cope. He created the uh, terrible towel. He encouraged everybody to to bring a, a, a yellow or gold dish rag to three river stadium for that divisional round game against the Colts. And, uh, History was made. And really, that was where it was born, but it didn't really become a a, a thing until three years later, the 78 playoffs, when you saw everybody in the stands, including some of the players, Len Swan, John Starworth, out there waving the terrible towel. But yeah, uh, uh, like Byron Cope said one time before a playoff game, the terrible towel is poised to strike, and so are the Stellars. So, yes. A terrible towel is, is a mainstay, but it, it it takes on a special kind of uh, aura come playoff time. So hopefully uh, there'll be some yellow towels, or I keep saying yellow. It's, I think it's sacrilegious, right? Gold towels twirling at Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday night. Steelers Pittsburgh says of Ray Ray McLeod, what Ray Ray lacks in talent, he makes up Four, uh, playing with heart. That's right. I mean, he's a he's one of those little engine that could kind of players. So he has to get the most of his abilities. Suave Al says the Steelers have to come out firing on all cylinders and all caps. That's true. Wouldn't it be something if this was the week that they came out strong on offense? I don't see how it's going to happen, but you never know. It just has to happen once, right? Just like 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 they say when yet when you meet the that special someone and it only has to happen one time. If the Steelers can come out strong just once this year, and it's against the Chiefs in the playoffs, now we're talking about one heck of a successful season. Because like uh, I forget the reporter's name, but he says it every year. Any year that ends that has that includes a playoff win is a great year. So if they can find a way to win this game, wow! To me, it's 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 a. Uh, One hell of a year. George Teston says pretty much the same thing. Yes, we need to come out and play 60 minutes, maybe 70, maybe 80 minutes. Whatever it takes to to get the W. And Lisa said, when I was last, she meant the 60, not the 17. I knew that, Lisa. I'm just giving you a hard time. But it did allow me to reference some uh, old uh, Cinderella Steelers teams, like the. Uh, I hate to call it. I hate to call it the the '05 team a Cinderella team because I don't. I don't think it really was. I think they were. Just they were a lot stronger than, than uh. Than than your traditional, uh, number six seed, uh, but the AFC was pretty strong that year in terms of uh, win loss records so today. And of course they couldn't beat out the uh, Bengals for the uh, divisional crown, so that's why they they fell to a six seed. But you know, this team was went to the AFC title again the year before and won the, the Super Bowl again three years later. This was a pretty darn good uh core group. But yeah, the last time they were the last time they were the final seed was twenty fifteen and they had a pretty good run. I guess when you really think about it, I'm trying to think. Um the last time they, <clears throat> excuse me, they didn't win a playoff game as, and you're going to hate this, as the final seed in the AFC would have been 1993, if I'm not mistaken. I know I know in 93 they lost to the Chiefs as a, as a, in a three versus six matchup on Wild Card Weekend. They lost in overtime at Arrowhead Stadium. and But I, th- I think that was the last time that they did not win a game. As the final seed in the AFC, so maybe that's a good or a bad omen. I don't know, but it is what it is. They usually do pretty well when they're when they enter the playoffs as the final seed. So uh, hopefully that continues this Sunday, and if it does, it would be it would, it would rank up there with the greatest upsets in, in, in Pittsburgh sports history. Really, ooh, two dollars super chat from Sean Manahan. I gotta get to that. Thank you, Sean. Great players are always great, just when they have to be. He's talking about Big Ben, I'm sure, and that's true. And wouldn't that be something if the old cowboy had one great drive left in him? I sure hope so. And thank you for the two dollars, uh, Sean. And Shane giggles. T- t- speaking of odds, six thousand one can win big money. Should Steelers win it all? If you have some, <laughs> if you have some money, and, and you, you want to take that chance, yeah, you could be a rich. A rich person when all is said and done. Snowman talks talking about that 84 game against the Broncos. I remember that game, and nobody gave the Steelers a chance. And, and Jake the Snake. Oh, you're talking about the one in 05. Yeah, I I think that game, I remember that differently, Snowman. I, I think the Steelers they, they weren't favored, but um I think they had such, I think a lot of people were confident that they would win that game. The, fun, the, the thing um, I find funny, though, is so many uh, Broncos fans. This is back when Craigslist, when I was on Craigslist all the time talking smack, because that's the only thing that, that existed back in 05, 06. And when the Steelers beat the Colts and the uh, Broncos beat the uh, Patriots in the divisional round, fans were like, thanking the Steelers, thank you, Steelers, for, beat, for beating the Colts. And now we get to watch the Broncos clinch the Super Bowl at home. I remember somebody saying, uh, making fun of Bettis, saying, "Bring your your oxygen mask, fat bleep." So yeah, they were pretty confident. But I think overall, I think a lot of, a lot of people thought Pittsburgh would win, and they did. They actually that was the e- easiest game of the postseason. But it, it is one of my favorite Steelers games ever. First of all, it was a blowout, and that's always appreciated in the super in the uh, in the playoffs. And second of all, it was an AFC Championship game. And, you know, you'd like to see a blowout in that game. Because if if there's one game I hate to see them lose, it's the game before the Super Bowl. I can stomach the Super Bowl better because at least you made it that far. And, you know, it's a fun two weeks leading up to the event. You get to really soak in every ounce of, of Steelers football and get your money's worth as a fan, both physically and emotionally, you know, if you spend money. But when you lose that game before the big game, oh, I can't. I can barely watch it. I can. I can barely watch the Super Bowl when when Pittsburgh loses in the AFC Championship game. So, Michael says, I would love to see Ben win one more playoff game. He deserves that. I made the trip to the Browns game, and wow, what an emotional win! I hold hope. I hold out hope that the team can pull together to get Ben a W. I agree, and. Speaking of that of that night, we talked about it last week, that was history in the making. Watching Ben play his final home game and and, and have tears in his eyes and go around after the game and, and say goodbye to everybody in the stands, uh, that was remarkable to see. And um, when he went off the field last week, he did so um, – he looked as if he already knew that, that he was going to play again, which was something. So, uh, hopefully he has that kind of swagger and confidence again this Sunday. Because this Sunday, they don't have to watch the scoreboard. They just have to find a way to beat the Chiefs. And this one from Brad, Tony, you're a Steelers fan and you have no problem with Collinsworth? Did you pay any attention to the Sunday night game? My man. Yes, I did. And it's not his job to, to, um, Make Steelers fans comfortable at home. It's his job to, to, to talk about the story. And the story was, wouldn't it be something if this game ended in a tie? We were all thinking it. I spent five minutes talking about it earlier in the show. I mean, how tempting would it have been for either team to say, screw it, we're both in the playoffs if this ends in a tie. Let's just not do anything stupid. So, I mean, I, I, I heard him. He was He was talking about what everybody was thinking. He was talking about what Twitter was talking about the game possibly ending in a tie. It's remarkable. How often has there been a situation like that in the NFL, where it's the last game of the year, and you know, if you're if you're both of those teams, you know, if this game ends in a tie, we're both in. Has that ever happened before? So I get why he was saying that. He was saying, you know, Steelers fans are happy. Steelers fans are freaking out because they were part of the story. The Steelers and their fans were part of that story. When, when uh, Carlson made that field goal, he said, what a kick for the Raiders and what a kick for the Steelers or whatever, however he said it, the Steelers were part of it. And it's Collinsworth. It's his, it's his job to paint the picture, to talk about what's actually happening. So, I mean, that's why I think he's one of the best in the business. I think he's got a great personality. Uh, I don't care that he played for the Bengals. That's, that's 40 years ago. Who cares? You know, um, I think he's he's a great he's great at what he does. I mean, I like Troy Aikman, but I think he's a little bit more subdued. I don't think he would he would uh be as I don't think he's he's uh, colorful enough to be on Sunday night football. He's probably good on Fox. Um Tony Romo is great, but I think Collinsworth is better than Romo. I really do. I think he's more polished. I think Romo, as much as I like him, I think he's starting to get too full of himself and he's starting to, to become a character. He's starting to become like a Dick Vital kind of you know, uh, get a TO baby. What is like, Oh Jim, Oh my God, what's going to happen here, Jim? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, that he's starting to do more and more now. I think, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's good, but you know, he's, he's, uh, I think Collinsworth is more consistent. So, all right. All right. Let's see if we have anything else here. I think I see a picture which reminded me of the super chat. Thank you for that. I, I, I finally got it. All right. I think on that note, I'm going to uh, say good night. It was actually a fun show. I had a lot of fun tonight. I really do. I, I love talking. I love this time of year. I love when the Steelers make the playoffs and I get to talk about that for a week. That's, that's uh, to me, That's that's 90% of the fun is actually anticipating the playoffs sitting there watching the playoffs yikes uh talk about stress not as much stress as i had last week at work i definitely take playoff stress over that since i can't mess anything up with the playoffs um uh but it's still like the actual watching a playoff game is so intense i like sometimes I'll, i'll sit there at the right before kickoff and go man i can't believe i have to put myself through this for three hours. Can I just like watch something on D on uh, like an old uh, rerun of uh, Hawaii Five O and, and check back in at halftime. Yeah. I, I can't take it. My nerves can't take it. That's, that's what's so great about the playoffs is you have to put yourself through that, that, that heck for three hours. Cause it's so much worth it if they win and if they lose, I mean, either way it's a, it's a memorable experience. So I hope it's the best of the, the 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 two outcomes on Sunday night and I and I hope the Steelers give us another week of playoff football to talk about and look forward to. So uh until I talk to you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Uh enjoy that game on Sunday. Enjoy all the games this weekend. There's even one on Monday night football. A playoff game. I'm glad Pittsburgh's game's on Sunday night because now I can watch three games without um uh, being totally stressed out. I can watch those three games and get through them and then get ready for the, uh, the big one on Sunday night. So I hope you guys have, have, have a great football weekend. There's nothing like the NFL playoffs. They talk about the divisional round being the the greatest weekend in, 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 the NFL. But I think the wild card weekend is, is, is getting, uh, it's starting to become the most popular one for me. So, uh, Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Steelers and go Steelers. Goodbye, everybody.